Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and our series, The Life. And uh, if you're once again keeping score at home, this is program number 17 on the series, The Life. And we're going to call this one today More Bread. You know, a couple of... uh, Episodes ago, we we fed the five thousands. Actually, Jesus did, and we talked about it. Right. And uh, so this we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about the bread of life. Uh, and before we get going and start chatting, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we're so grateful that we have an opportunity to come and to uh, talk more about you and your ways and your principles of for life and for fullness and and uh, just abundance, and we um, are thank you for, we are grateful for the bread of life, the thing that um, sustains us here and will sustain us through eternity, and so we pray now that you'll send your spirit to be with us, to help us to um, have the correct thoughts and communicate clearly, and uh, may everybody out there also receive a blessing as we do, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. As you know, as we go through um, the life of Jesus and we go through these programs, you know, we're always tying them to our background of addiction recovery. And you're going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say something because I saw the title um, and it says more bread. And when mm-hmm. we used to say more bread, I always thought of bread way back in the life of, you know, being more money. More money, and but we, that's not the bread we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. And, and I was, we, you know, we often work with um, recovering addicts or people who are struggling with addiction on a one-on-one basis. And I was just... Um, communicating with a young woman that we have a lot of contact with. And anyway, um, she's come to the realization that it's not about more money, right. that that it, her problems don't stem from the stuff of this world. It stems from a lack of, of having God in her life and, and the lack of not understanding what ha- true happiness is. It's, and that's what the real bread of life is. We, we, we partake of that bread. That's That fills that. That fills you up regardless. Yeah. And, and so... Um, uh, yeah, that's what fills you up. So when I saw that, I thought that was kind of funny, but it reminded me of you know that great principle that um, the things of this world give us. Um, it's like this temporary. It, it does never satiates your hunger. It can give you pleasure, but that's temporary. Right. Happiness is an inside job. Right. Joy and happiness and peace and fulfillment is an inside job. Pleasure, yeah, that comes, that, that. A dime yeah, a dozen, right? Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, a new anywhere. car can give me a little pleasure, whatever, you know, in, any of that type of stuff. Um, so I got in my notes here, recovery, and I, you know, I never, I forgot that we had never uh, mentioned, I know a lot of people that listen to this program, 
uh, listen to it because of the recovery nature of the program. Um, and we just released a new uh, record called a, a new album CD called A Safe Place. And and uh, we had never talked about that one that we released. And anyway, it's available on iTunes and Amazon. And it's it's the album title A Safe Place. And it has a lot of recovery based songs in it i mean it's a lot it's a lively album right it's uh very good well and and you can get it on itunes or amazon and you know for our listeners we're more than willing to send it out as a resource as well yeah. so if you want to call us at 916-645-1297 you can request that cd or send plenty us a request of re- plenty know? of resources and uh, we can slip one in in a package going out yeah we have plenty of resources we have books and of course on our website also www.justasamministries.com all of these programs on this series plus all the other series that we have done um are there for are resources. there for resources yeah. so feel free to give us a call once again 916-645-1297 and uh, Susan will run to the post office and send it out to you directly. So uh, with that being said, um, once again, bread being a metaphor, mm-hmm. being a, a, a physical something to relate to a spiritual truth. Um, and before we really get going fully into this bread um, metaphor, um, once again, I would like to redefine, because the Bible uses the word sin a lot of times, mm-hmm. and what what actually is sin, and it what sin boils down to is basically selfishness, right. is what it is. It's a, it's, it's an, an attitude of protecting oneself at the expense of others, mm-hmm. and that's why the world is getting worse and worse and worse, because we are all trying to protect ourselves at the expense of others, and we can see it. And what happened when Jesus walked the earth is, is their hearts were very similar to that. Every word, every act of Jesus, it created antagon- it, it antagonized the Pharisees because they couldn't find the selfish spirit that they loved in Jesus. So he looked, he didn't look right to them. You know, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up in the last days. Now remember, the shepherd finds the sheep, not the other way around. See, God found me. God found you, and it was in a very strange place, wasn't it? It was in a, it was in a prison cell. Right. Where God found you. Right. Yeah. He finds us. He, the sheep doesn't find the shepherd. Right. The shepherd finds the sheep. Right? And what does the sheep have to do to be found? All we have to do is cry out. Absolutely, that's all the sheep does. I think it's in it's our need that that qualifies right, us exactly. Yeah, and the more we need Him, the more He's there for us. But a proud heart doesn't need God, and God will not go where He's not welcome. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, so Jesus continues. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught of God. Every man. Therefore, who has heard and learned of the Father, come unto me. And the ones who came unto Christ are those who respond to the drawing of the Father's love. God is drawing all the hearts unto him, and only those who resist his drawing will refuse to come to Christ. That's very well said. And in other words, God is not willing that any should perish. Right. He's drawing every one of us. But as you see, when Christ came, God himself repulsed some of those people, right. they did not respond to that drawing. Mm-hmm. Now, how about, 
um, before we go any farther, what about what about Paul when when he went during the stoning of Stephen, and Stephen said, "Father, forgive them," right? Mm-hmm. And then Paul probably thought about, "Well, man, that that Jesus guy, he said the same thing. Father, forgive them. How can?" And, and 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 the Holy Spirit was drawing him right there, and he was, and it was gnawing at him. And then, so that when he got knocked off his horse, that the uh, Jesus said to him, "It's hard to go against your conscience, isn't it, Paul? Mm-hmm. Why are you persecuting me?" Mm-hmm. And boom, that's when it really happened. Right. You know. So it's really interesting how that God is was constantly drawing Paul, but it, it you know it 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 meets with resistance. Until there's that fun, that need, you know, and he keeps gnawing in him. I, th- I think it's an interesting but picture. I think it is, too. And I think the, the main lesson that I learned from that is, is like what you said, is no matter what, God is always in action to seek and to win us over. For yeah. Every human being. Every human and being. And it's that individual choice that either accepts or rejects God. Yep. He's it's, not. He, right. Yeah. He's, he's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't pick and choose. He doesn't preordain. He doesn't. Um, call one person above one group above another group. He calls all unto him, and it's the individual heart that either responds or rejects. So yeah, so when we read about John being Jesus, the one, who, the disciple whom Jesus loved, why? Because John made himself available. Right. When there's where there's more connection, there it it you know. Well, wasn't that it, statement from John? Yeah, the yeah, it was from right. John, John himself, John the disciple that, yeah. who Jesus loved, you know. <laughs> right. The more I'm with Susan, yeah. the more I love her. Aww, you that's know, so I'm nice. but if I'm not available, in other words, if I'm off doing my own thing, right. love is going to wane. And it's die. Going, that's just how it works. Right. So you want a better, better relationship with God, spend more time with him. Right. It's it's how love works. Right. And it multiplies, you know. That's how it works. Now you said something interesting a second ago, they, they all shall be taught of God. Now, when Jesus said that, he was referring to the prophecy of Isaiah. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. That was Isaiah fifty four thirteen. This scripture, um, the Jews almost bragged about it, you know, that, the, you know, our fathers and, and, and all of our children shall be taught of the Lord, and, and they boasted about God being their teacher, right? Right. And um, and Jesus showed how how vain their claim was uh, because he says every man who has heard and has learned of the Father come unto me. It's so only through Jesus can we receive a knowledge of the Father. So why is that? Why is that? Why is why does Jesus say I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come to the Father but yet by me? Because he's the example, right? Because yeah, because we cannot see God the Father. However, we had an example of God in human fe- right. flesh, and when God in human flesh walked among people, some some of the downcasts, some of the out outcasts, some of the the poor, they flocked to him. Mm-hmm. But then there were other people that rejected him, that wanted no part, because their picture of God did not match who Jesus was. Right. I've always found it an interesting statement. I know that a lot of people will say, well, God can't be in the presence of sin. He was. He, right. He washed his disciples' well, feet. And and if you believe, like we believe, that there was a war, that there was, you know, Lucifer was created by God, and that's where this whole thing started in heaven. Yep. He, Lucifer was um, 
sinning and conniving against God right in his very presence. He drew one-third of the angels away. In, in Think about that. Lucifer had perfect siblings, a perfect father, a perfect environment, and he fell and he took one-third of the most brilliant beings God ever created with him. Right. And so I think a lot of times that that is a, a mischaracterization of, of, a, of a principle of God that— um, that he can't come in and reach you when you're at your lowest your, point absolutely. or whatever. You, and, and I think that that's when um, sometimes the, the light can be the brightest is when you're everything's gone and you're at your wit's end. You we, know? we have plenty of evidence that God will speak through a donkey if he has right, to. Right. He said the rocks will cry out. Right. He will speak through, remember Pilate's wife. Right. God was working through Pilate's wife to try to get him not to crucify Jesus. Right. said, this man is a just man. I was shown in a dream. Mm -hmm. So God reaches, remember Nebuchadnezzar? Right. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. I mean, you can see all the way through. What was the plagues of Egypt about? They Mm -hmm. were about God trying to win Pharaoh by showing him the 10 gods he was worshiping were worthless. Right. He was worshiping frogs, so God sent frogs. He was worshiping the Nile, so God turned the Nile into blood. He was trying to win him. Right. And we turn it around and saying he was getting vengeance upon him. That's what happened because Pharaoh hardened his heart against God. Right. You know, I mean, there's three places in the Bible. God hardened his heart, Pharaoh hardened his heart, or his heart was hardened. It says three. But what really happened was when God does things to get our attention, it's either going to soften our heart or harden it. Paul, when he got knocked off his horse, had a decision to make right then. Right. He had a decision, and mm-hmm. he realized that he had been blind up to that point. Mm-hmm. And if he wanted to see, he had to go see Ananias. Right. And I think another example of that is, you know, you can look at Judas and Peter, right? So Judas right. turned God in, and then Peter denied Jesus. You know, they both um, did things to Jesus, and, um, you know, Judas went out, and the guilt and the shame or whatever, his sin consumed him, and he killed himself, but yet Peter came and he repented and said, you know, I was wrong. It's interesting you brought that up, because Jesus washed both their feet. Right. Right? Right. Looked at him with the same face. Right. Judas went out and hung himself. Peter went out and denied him, but Peter came around. Right. Right? Right. And it... it just God. So is. right. So that's a thing. It's like so when we read where Paul says in the New Testament, "Come boldly before the throne of grace." God says, "Come boldly to me. You don't need to. You can come straight to me. I'm waiting for you yeah. as a father with open arms for you to come you to my throne of grace." So yeah. that's a that's an incredible promise. Yeah. Now, if God's unveiled glory, of course would be really hard to handle right now. A human being would not be able to handle his unveiled glory. Right. That's why he speaks through people. That's why he touches the human heart in, in ways that he does. His spirit comes and does those things. Those have, uh, those have learned of God and have been listening to the voice of his son, Jesus, they are the ones that recognize him. Even through nature, God speaks to us. God is trying constantly mm-hmm. to get our attention. How, do, how does God speak through nature? Uh, I think it's the way that he just continually blesses and grows and develops. and um, Okay. There's so, you know, like with— You have a garden, right? I have a garden. Do you grow the fruit? No, I don't. I watch it. I make sure what, I, to water it. You water it? Especially right now because where we're at, it's like 
it's hot Very and it's hot. dry. Right. But you you water it, you pull the weeds, you keep the bugs off, you prune up your little tomatoes, right? Yeah. But you don't an, grow it. No. You do the things that encourage the growth. Absolutely. The growth is still a miracle. Right. That that you, you can just see in nature how God works. That's how he works. As long as we do things that encourage growth and let the miracle happen, Everything's going to be fine. And it's the same thing with our own hearts, right? That's exactly right. If we right. do the things to encourage the growth, the fruit will The, the fruit, fruit will grows, come. The right. fruit comes right. in its own time. Right. We don't we don't walk out and and scream at the apple tree and tell tell the apple tree that it it needs to to ripen its fruit in 3 days cuz we're having a party. Right. We don't look at our arm that we just broke and 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 say it needs to be healed in 2 weeks cuz we have a tennis tournament. Mm-hmm. It's healed in its own time. Mm-hmm. It's ripened in its own time. But we can only do the things that encourage the healing or encourage the growth. The growth is still a miracle, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's how God works. So that's how we can see in nature how He speaks to us, right? You know, and it's it's fascinating that He's given us all this evidence. He's given us evidence and not to be unselfish. You know, look right. at how. A baby donkey comes out and it needs to do the three things and the mother takes care of that little ant. We have donkeys in case you don't know. And so we we have a little baby. We've got one waiting. We've been waiting, it uh, seems like, forever for this this little one to be born. So and it how be that, any day. And they got to do three things. They got to get the sack off of them. They got to stand up and they got to find the udder. Those two, those three they things. Need to eat. And I don't know how they find Within that udder. Within three hours. Within three hours. And I don't know how they find that udder, but they do. I mean, standing up, I get it, but still, they everything's a miracle. You watch that operation, you watch that happen. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing, and then how unselfish that mother is, and how she teaches that donkey, and she pushes him around to make his legs strong, and you know, just cares for him. And so, when you we have probably three or four of them babies a year, and so we get to watch that miracle every time. And you know what? I can't put it on paper. I can't design something like that. Right. I can't make anything. I got to watch it happen. Right. And being amazed. Right. And so that God's constantly speaking us in, in us through through nature. So you know, I mean, I watch a flock of geese. The the, the lead one gets tired. Mm-hmm. He goes to the back, and another one takes the the brunt of the wind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's everywhere. Right. It's amazing. Right. It's amazing. Um, and then Jesus said in John, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he who believes on me will have everlasting life. This is the record that God has given to us, that eternal life, and this is, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son will have life, and that's 1 John 5, 11, and 12. And Jesus said, And I will raise him up in the last day. Christ became one flesh with us in order that we might become one spirit with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, those who see Jesus in his true character and receive him into the heart, and we'll talk about what that means, have after everlasting life. It's through the Spirit of Christ that dwells in us, and the Spirit of God received in the heart by faith. In other words, knowing that he's going to work that miracle, that's the beginning of eternal life right there. It's just... You know, he and I don't know personally how he took the desire for me to use drugs away. I don't know how that happened and how he gave me the new goals. Mm -hmm. But all I know is if I do those things that encourage the growth and I know what they are, Mm -hmm. if I do that, that that something happens. Well, and I think the beautiful thing is, is that it's not it, it when you really come when you're on this side of it you really realize that it wasn't so much the drugs and the alcohol. Those were like a manifestation of the soul sickness that was inside of us. And so each day 
you know, you have this, uh, I don't know if it's a tap on the shoulder or whatever it may be, but it's like, okay. You have a, you know, almost that, a revelation. Those, those of, thoughts that you're thinking yeah. that come out of you automatically that like, you know, when somebody, you know, cut you off Provokes or what, you, yeah. absolutely. That is, you know, that, that's something that's going to harm you. And so God is always in the, um, the mode of trying to restore you know, yeah. trying to build us up and build people up that are around you. And as you participate in that building up of people, you're strengthened. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's that's the rule of life is you you give and you in return you receive. I don't know how it all works out, but it that's works. that's the principle of life. It works. Yeah. And so if you're ever struggling, you know, we always say, especially when we work in the prison, you know, get do something to help someone yeah, else. Yeah, if you're down and out, go do something for somebody. Out. And I know it's hard to get that motivation. It really is. But that sometimes you have to go with your what you intellectually know and just go with that and uh you know, we haven't been able to go into the prison yeah, it's in been... probably three, four months now. Right. And it's wearing on me. Right. I mean, some some Saturdays, you know, I don't feel like going over there. But I tell you what, once you suit up, show up and get involved in somebody else's life, mm-hmm. then the the automatic result of that is is that we're all talking about God, we're all talking about recovery, and we're all getting well doing it. Right, and volunteering can be as, as simple as being kind to somebody. You know what yeah. I mean? Because a lot of times we can be closed off or we can be angry. But boy, if we flip that around and we're a positive person to someone else, it's just yeah. like, you know, today with the FedEx guy, I was like, hi, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, good. Yeah. You know, being positive being instead positive. of being, you know, yeah. just. And so all we've been talking about here today is the bread of life. Absolutely. This is the bread of life, is taking these concepts, these principles on how reality works, on how it works on my mind and your mind, on not being vengeful and retaliatory, but yet being kind and gentle and understanding and getting involved in people's lives because that's what Jesus did. Right. And the people flocked around him because they wanted that they wanted that healing in that. I remember you said when you, you there was a vacuum that you couldn't fill. Right. And you tried to fill it with drugs, men, alcohol, eat anything you could get your arms on. Mm-hmm. Because, as you said before, the addiction was a symptom of a, of a disease that the disease was a... A, a, a sickness a, of the soul. A, yeah, yeah, a vacuum, a, a right. hole. A deep, dark hole. A deep, dark of hole me. of selfishness mm-hmm. right. that can never be filled by outside stuff. Right. And so the bread of life will fill, but it's, it's the principles, the principles of how nature works, of how recovery works, of how the world works when we're kind and gentle. And a lot of times we get persecuted for that. You know, right. uh, it's, it's hard to pray for your enemy. Right. It's hard to pray but for— I, But I think God wants us to be completely honest with him. We were listening to a message the other day, and God wants us to say if yeah, we're yeah. angry with somebody. Yeah, if, yeah. And to be honest with him so that he can help us to work through whatever it is we're going through. Yeah, we don't we don't want to lie to God in a prayer no. and, 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 and be so formal about a prayer and, re, and repetitive— that it's really not conversation with God anymore. Because right. that's all prayer is, is conversation with God as with a friend. Right. He wants to know if your car's not running right and it's troubling you. Right. He wants to know that right. stuff because that's what's going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. And if um, it, it, it is important to him that you're confiding in him. Prayer changes you. 
not God. Right. God loves you unconditionally. Right. But the actual process of prayer, the right. conversation, God changes. It's God the community changed. that you have. It's the it relationship. It takes us up, us up to his level. Absolutely. Not, not him down to ours. Right. So always remember that. that prayer, it, it's, it's, it's a relationship. It's a relationship. Yeah, and so we're going to actually going to have to wrap it up here pretty soon. Remember, folks, to to uh, go to our website www.justasiamministries.com. We have all the resources there, and you can also shoot us a call at nine one six six four five one two nine seven, and Susan will ship out resources. We have books, and like I say, all of the programs are on on our website, and. Uh, Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.